Welcome to Digital Hospitality. I am your host, Sean Walcheff. This is a Cali BBQ Media production. Every week we talk about why it is important to buy into the digital hospitality thesis. It's not our thesis. It is the thesis that is happening in the world around us, the offline world and the online world, the blending of those two spaces, the game within the game. Things are happening right now um, at a rapid scale for small business owners, for middle-sized business owners, for people that are trying to build their own brand. And every single week we want to bring the, the greatest minds that are in the marketing space, the digital world, leadership space, people that are authors, people that are putting themselves out there, uh, people that are building great companies and helping other companies thrive. This week, we have Jonathan Hensley, who is the CEO of Emerge Interactive. And let's just put it this way. When I found Jonathan and I saw the tagline to his company, which was forward digital thinking, I knew that this was the epitome of why we started this podcast, somebody that has been doing this long before we started our single unit barbecue restaurant. We we try to teach people why it's important to be your own media company and why a barbecue restaurant can be their own media company. And the fact that I'm talking to the CEO, Jonathan Hensley himself, a thought leader, somebody that is publishing a book coming out later this year called Alignment, uh, a speaker, but more importantly, a, a leader, someone that's built an agency that helps people deal with technologies, deal, businesses actually integrate technology in innovative ways um, so that they can scale their brand. Welcome to Digital Hospitality, Jonathan. Thank you so much for having me, Sean. Uh, super, super excited to have you on. Um, number one, I haven't had somebody with as much technology experience as you have. Um, we've had uh, the founder of CloudBeds, Adam Harris, and Richard Castle, who are in the SaaS product space for hospitality software. They're building an incredible company called CloudBeds. Um, not actual technologists, as they would say themselves, even though they are um, true brains, uh, brains of the operation, people that are just building incredible tools for hoteliers um, across the globe so that they can start to do the things that they love to do best, which is taking care of guests. Um, one of the things that we love to do in the hospitality space is take care of guests as well, um, creating memorable moments, um, the customer journey. We like to say that customer service is bullshit. Um, anybody that's run a restaurant or a hotel, um, anybody that's actually taken care of people Customer service is something that is, for us, basic humanity. It's the way that you treat somebody. You smile when somebody smiles. You say hello when someone says hello. Um, in retail, I know customer service has kind of always been the gold standard. Is that good customer service? Well, for people in hospitality, we care about how people feel. And caring about how people feel means you care about the senses. And from what I can take from my digital deep dive of you, your your brand, your business, um, that's exactly what you guys do is you, you help on the technology aspect with uh, digital transformation. Can you explain what is digital transformation and why is it important in 2020 and beyond? Sure. Well, I mean, I think first off, I mean, you just hit it right on the head. It's, you know, it today, digital transformation is about how do we leverage technology to improve the moments in that, whether we're engaging with customers or whether it be to run a better, more efficient and effective business. And we're also really thinking about that employee experience. Happy employees mean happier customers. And so we have to look at how technology serves 
both sides of the business, both what's happening that in-house in front of the house. And so that's a huge part of what we do um, at Emerge. We're really focused on helping them understand how do you develop experiences? How do you think about engaging people's emotions and needs through technology? How do you create that better product or service that solves a problem or enhances a moment in you know, the experience that you're providing? And so that's really where we're coming in and really focusing and helping people. And there's all sorts of different, you know, reasons and drivers for those types of projects. But I think, you know, where we see the biggest transition of where we come in is when, for example, your website is no longer a brochure, but it's a critical tool on how you you know, drive your business. It's a way you engage and communicate with your customers. It's the way that they order with from you. It's the way that they, you know, understand and, and become a part of that community that you're building. Um, and, you know, hospitality business as a whole, right? You, your anchors in the community. I mean, that, that you make up the community. And so it's really critical that those, the technology is amplifying that, you know, and it has to add to that humanity that you're talking about. I'd love for you to take us back to when you co-founded the company and where the idea came from and kind of a little bit of your, your back history of how you, you found a need. Sure. So this goes back over 20 years ago. Um, back, I, I grew up in, in the Bay Area um, as a kid. I was uh, there during the height of the whole dot-com era. And there was this whole thing of back then what people called vaporware, lots of ideas and not a lot of substance. And so I got into the mix of really being inspired by some of the great people and companies in the area and going, this technology had, can be game-changing on the way that people live and the way that they work. And I was looking for the substance part. I was looking for let's fill, you know, uh, and leverage technology in a way that, that adds value to people's lives. And so I started off the company uh, as a, con- a consulting firm basically a think tank to help people figure that out and ask some really simple, but really tough questions to answer. Like what kind of business are you in? How are you going to leverage technology to amplify the experience? What value does that provide? Is that even worth it? You know, to do those kinds of things, really basic questions, but really important uh, questions to ask um, when you're making that kind of investment. And then fast forward a few years, um, I got to meet uh, Julian, who's my business partner and the COO and CTO of Emerge. And, you know, we decided, you know, let's take this further. Let's build a, uh, you know, an agency that's a complete end-to-end product uh, company. And so that really became the, you know, the company that we have today. We've gone through many iterations through the ups and downs of, you know, the economy and, and all sorts of fun things. But, you know, that what we're all about has never changed. It's been 100% about being that product company that can help people figure out how to leverage technology to, to connect with people. I mean, I think it's it's fascinating for me, you know, as a single unit restaurant owner, somebody that we opened in 2008, the height of the economic recession, a full service restaurant sports bar. We invested heavily at that time in our Aloha POS point of sale system. Um, we were comparing between Micros and Aloha. And, you know, these are the hardware technology, the software that's going to literally drive our business, be the lifeblood, be the DNA of how we're going to be able to hopefully scale to more restaurants, which we never actually did um, because the full service model is broken. Um, that's a, that's a different conversation, but nonetheless, we're, we're in 2008, you know, investing heavily in, 
this hardware and software that's going to control our business. Um, and it helped us. It helped us grow and scale immensely. But the problem was that technology never adapted along the way. And that's really not a lot of time if you think about the grand scale of things, how fast companies have been built and how fast they've scaled. Some have adapted, some haven't adapted to this mobile first world. And I know mobile first is a driving mantra in your company. You started a podcast that I wish that you guys still had more episodes produced because the <laughs> ones that I did consume were phenomenal. Um, but anyone that listens to this podcast knows how obsessed we are with mobile first. Um, the smartphone is the, the greatest tool, greatest invention that's ever hit mankind. And to be where we are right now with all the opportunities, I mean, we're building on the backs of giants. There's Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, Mark Zuckerberg. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. Um, Jeff Bezos, Netflix, all these tools are all available to us as small business owners, mid-sized business owners. If you're in marketing, if you're in sales, leveraging all these different tools that are available to us, but then bringing technology in. And, you know, now we just invested in Toast, which is our new point of sale hardware, sophomore, software, and technology company that's really enabling us to do mobile first in the way that we've always wanted to do. Every business needs to be selling through their website. Um, the fact that you can go to all these different websites and they were built maybe in the 2000s, maybe they were built in 2005, but they're just not updated. We all know that you need to update your website. You need to have a living, breathing website that tells your story of who you are as a company. Um, but not only that, but also it says, well, what do you sell? What problem do you solve? Um, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about the evolution of, I guess, the client experience of, you know, those early years and from 2000 to 2007? I mean, we'll, we'll use 2007. The first iPhone came out on June 29th, 2007. I know that because my son was born 10 years later on the exact date. But the first iPhone, I mean, 13 years isn't a long time. You know, that's not a long time. No, I think something that's good for people to, you know, understand is that like version 1.0 of the internet and all this stuff that we're talking about with mobile, you know, was being built 20 years before, right? So iPhone didn't start off and revolutionize the world. What it did is it built off of that infrastructure and talking about, you know, they're giants building on top of giants to, you know, yes. to use your, your metaphor, right? So you had version 1.0, the AOLs of the world and AT&T and Verizon and all these companies basically laying the infrastructure to make this possible. And then we went into like web 2.0 and all of a sudden now we're talking about, you know, everybody needs a website. We're past the, you know, the, the bust of dot-com era. And, you know, we're starting to see, oh, wow, th this has got you know, this is going to be game changing. We're not just talking about early adopters. Now we're talking about everybody. And what mobile was able to do is say, now we're going to put this convenience into the palm of your hand. We can, you know, start to look at experiences and opportunities that no one's even considered before. Yes. And I think that's where people like Steve Jobs, you know, is, is incredible because, you know, one of the things that I think that Steve Jobs is always, you know, hailed for and growing up in the Valley, you know, a stone's throw away from Apple, you know, I, I get it, is that, you know, him being like the idea man. I think the incredible thing about Steve Jobs wasn't the fact that he had good ideas. I think the incredible things about Steve Jobs is he understood what it took to make something and yeah. make it really well. So, you know, he understood he was building tools, right? He was building a platform 
or tools. And, you know, I think that that kind of thinking applied in any business in any industry is incredibly powerful. And so you take that now with mobile, something that we're all connected to, and you start adding things like, you know, or the beginning, it was more about being a phone. And now our phone is less of a phone than any, you know, like that's a minor feature. Um, it, you know, but it's a gateway, it's access to the world. It's, you know, making, uh, it's democratizing information, you know? Yeah. And so being able to tap into that as a restaurateur, as, you know, owning, a boutique hotel or any type of business is just incredible because you can meet your customers where they want to be right. Instead of trying to spend all this money and time to drive them to you, you can go to them in, yeah. in, a, in a very scalable and sustainable way. And so it's just, it's a very different dynamic that, you know, where mobile has just unlocked so many more opportunities. And I think that that's, then, you know, to go from being that, you know, entrepreneur and that business owner and shifting into now also realizing you have to build the skill set of understanding, how do you make these things? We can leverage the platforms, we can leverage the tools, but if we want to go further, we've got to become makers um, and to learn what that means in the technology space, you know, that for some, it's very natural and some that's a big hurdle. Um, but I think that's where we're at right now, that realizing we've got to empower small businesses to become makers in technology. How do you become makers? I think, first of all, it's like anything else. You've got to start with the fundamentals, right? And I think that's, you know, I mean, I'll equate it to, you know, being just a hobbyist, you know, uh, you know, who loves to cook and barbecue. You know, it's like... You know, it's first off, you have to start with a good quality, you know, piece of, of meat before it goes in, right? You have to know your ingredients and you have to know how to how to treat those things well. Technology is the same thing. You have to know, you know, what am I working with? What do I have to work with? And what's, you know, and what are the pros and cons of that? I have to understand some fundamentals, which get a lot of businesses stuck, which are technology comes with this promise that it will solve all these problems, but it usually doesn't come with fair expectations of that the technology is only half of the equation that yes. the software you buy or the, what you build is only as good as the people that are using it. Thank you. So how do you actually empower the people? How do you do that? And as an entrepreneur or a business owner, whether it's a small business or I don't care, you could be a fortune 100 company. You have to understand that and you have to know how to look at that technology and not succumb to the noise and the BS that's out there about having this technology be the end all be all solution in itself. And then you can start to really capitalize and you can hire experts to do all the other things, but you got to have those basics. Yeah. I would love for you to talk more about that because I think it's something fascinating for us as a barbecue media company, somebody that, you know, we're expanding, we're opening up a ghost kitchen. We're going into the wild, wild West, you know, the, the digital gold rush of, of building on the backs of all these giants, um, you know, the Uber eats, the Grubhubs, the, you know, Yelp, all these incredible platforms that have been built. But back to what you were talking about, the, the humans that are running these platforms, the, the people and the companies that are compelling to us are the people like Yelp that are investing not just in the users. So the people that are writing the Yelp reviews that are making that app that is 
you know, consumer focused to make sure that, you know, the app is searchable, that it's got great content, that it's up to date with restaurants and small businesses, but not just that, that user side, but it's also the business owner side so that it's easy for me as a business owner to take control of my brand, to take control of the information that's going out to all those people, because I know intrinsically that that is search engine optimization. That's helping me in my local trade area, optimize search results and also target people where they are. But that wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for the people at Yelp. Like they have to have great people at Yelp that care about me as a single unit restaurant owner, that give them feedback, that ask for feedback, that are willing to go and send that to an engineer, to somebody that's working on a problem. And what we've found because we invest so heavily in technology and we're lucky to you know, meet with founders, people that are way smarter than we are, that have gone to MIT, that are making up and go pay, uh, Taraj Barman is just, I mean, these people are so incredible at what they do, but they're also humble enough to ask for help from people that are more experienced than they are. Like Adam Harris and Richard Castle, they told me on the podcast was they started really scaling their company the more they brought in people with hotel experience. So it wasn't so much on the technology side, but it was on who's speaking the voice of the hotelier. These are the people that are actually gonna be utilizing the software, utilizing the tools that we have to really scale this product. And once they started all speaking that same language, they created this ecosystem that was synergistic in a way that scaled to multiple different um, countries, to multiple different properties, and, you know, has put them as one of the fastest growing companies there are. Yeah. Well, I mean, it comes down in, in the product space, you know, it's, it always comes down to this concept of market fit. Right, you it's why somebody can enter a market that seems to have a million of you know options of you know, let's say the same type of food, and somebody can come in and completely dominate the market because they understand the customer, they understand that they're looking for something different, and they're willing to serve those needs and really listen and engage with them. You know, and you can't ever stop doing that. The, I mean, the companies that stop growing or stop scaling are the ones that stop listening to customers. And it's not the customer's job to tell you how to innovate either. You're just trying to, you know, why do you go to customers? Not for solutions. You go to customers to understand their needs and, their, and the problem. And it's, your, it's the job of companies like Yelp and these other organizations when they do really good, or really well, it's because they've fallen in love with the problem, not their idea of the solution. And then they keep innovating. They keep getting better, you know? And so that's, that's really at the core of when you look at technology or look at any of these kinds of... We're problem solvers focused on how do we serve that need in the best possible way? And how do you provide the best hospitality experience or the absolute best mobile application? It's by understanding what needs that can fulfill. And then you can innovate. You can decide how you deliver that. You know, there's 10 ways to solve a problem. Which way are you going to choose that you can own that's distinct and, comp and gives you a competitive advantage? What way can you do that with your experience, your knowledge? So bringing in, like in your example, bringing in these, you know, people with hotel experience and, and you know, this hospitality experience, that's huge. I mean, that, that's, that's really important because they understood the problem of the people they're trying to connect with better than, let's say, the technologist. Now, the technologist may be your most important asset to solving that problem, mm -hmm. but it's that hotelier or that, you know, other entrepreneur, somebody else that's coming with that different perspective says, Hey, are, are we hearing our customers needs? Do we understand that? You know, do, can we, so as the technologist, how do you help me use that technology to solve that problem 
for, for our customer in a unique and compelling way. You know, Yelp is an interesting one because they're doing a lot and they're, they're a true platform. They're, they, they've created a marketplace. There's two sides of it. Um, but for a lot of you know businesses, we're trying to build a one-to-one connection with that customer at the same time. And those platforms are giving us social proof in the world that our you know services are good, that our products are are, are good, that it's worth uh, people's time and money to come to our you know our, our uh, places of business. But the the core that it always will come back down to, even for a Yelp or a small businesses. Do you understand the needs of your customer and can you address those in a unique way? And so those technologists have a huge toolbox to help organizations unlock that. What type of technologies, what kind of ways can we do that? I mean, something as simple as like, I don't want to have to wait in line for a table. You you can just send me a text. Great. I mean, I remember the first time I experienced that and I was like, well, this is game changing. I'm going to go run an errand because I got an hour wait to get in my favorite restaurant. This is brilliant. I don't have to stand there anymore. Like, yes. you know, with little kids, it's even, you know, now the problem's even, you know, bigger and it's the solution's even more valuable for me. So, you know, those, it all it what did was somebody who understood like, yeah, it sucks to wait in line, yes. <laughs> you know, and then technology could come in and start to look at, look what we can do. Yeah, I think that, you know, that's one of the things that excites me the most. And, you know, when we talk to other people for the podcast, when we have listeners reach out, it's just understanding the amount of opportunities that are available once you start to realize how early we are. I mean, we just really are early and everyone thinks that it's too late. You know, it's too late to get into the game, but it's really it's it's unbelievable when you start to understand, like, just go in your your local neighborhood, you know, go and search you know, the, the local barbershop or the local restaurant or the local hardware company and look at their website. I mean, it'll tell you everything you need to know. If you just go and start looking at different categories and you look at people's websites and you go, if I'm a customer and if I care about this, I mean, just recently we moved to a new part of San Diego and we were looking for daycare options. And what do you do when you look for daycare, when you're a new parent, you ask other parents and then you search online. You know, we searched online. One of the top search results was a curated list from Yelp. The Yelp list had 10 of the top daycares. The top two were the only ones that claimed their Yelp page. They had an updated profile. They had an updated mobile first link that I can book my time to go with my wife and go see the daycare. Guess what? They got our business. Like, you know, the fact that there's eight other daycares and I don't know how many other daycares that aren't even on the platform that aren't even have an updated website just because they have great care and they've relied on word of mouth doesn't mean that word of pocket isn't where businesses need to be. What kind of pushback do you see from traditional businesses that reflect what we're talking about as far as needing to be online, needing to be on social, even though they don't think that their industry or their business has any business being on those platforms. When you and I both know how our own personal shopping behaviors are, how our kids Mm -hmm. and my son's three, he's already on YouTube skipping ads yet people are spending money to place ads, but they're, you know, they're skipping content. I mean, there's so much that's going on right now in 2020. That's why it's exciting. And that's why I'm so yeah. excited to have someone like you on because you have that experience of 20 years of dealing with clients, helping them through these struggles, but also seeing the next wave of clients going, Oh shit, I don't want to be the horse buggy and carriage. Like I need to start building asphalt, building roads, getting into the concrete business because model T Fords are coming. 
Yeah. I think first off you're, you're, to your first point, the, we are just at the tip of the iceberg. I mean, I would say the next 10 to 15 years, you're going to see the momentum of businesses embracing and leveraging technology and digital experiences more and more, and it's going to continue to skyrocket. It's going to keep going exponentially. We have not hit even close to a threshold, I think. And, you know, if you just take what's happening in the world right now, you know, there's the necessity of that digital connection is even more important. I think where I run into a lot of businesses where in lead, you know, entrepreneurs where they, they are struggling is they're confused sometimes. And I'll just be blunt about it. They're confused about what kind of business and expertise they need to have, uh, you know, or what kind of business they're really in, you know? So you, you said this earlier, and I think it's, it's, it's a spot on example. Like, you know, it's not about customer service. It's about customer experience. And these entrepreneurs need to be in the customer experience business, right? How you then deliver whatever it is. I don't care if it's food or lodging or experiences or whatever it is. That's how you deliver on whatever that experience is, your, that customer experience you're committed to. Mm-hmm. That's how you decide to enrich somebody's life, support, you know, community, build, you know, build a business, support other businesses, whatever it may be. But I think that people that understand that can go and they go, well, I I need to look and understand the entire landscape of tools, right? And I'm not trying to diminish the, the importance of your craft and being an expert and, you know, serving that perfect plate, having the best and most warm, welcoming experience as you walk through the door. Those are all critical, but they're there, it's a moment of the experience in customer experience is the sum of all those experiences. Yeah. And so technology is one of those moments. It's the moment where somebody decides I'm hungry and they start get, they get on their phone while they're on the couch and they start looking or they're, you know, looking for that daycare option, like you said, and it's like, well, what's there. That's the first thing. Um, and companies like Google have trained us quite honestly to think that the most relevant and valuable stuff will be at the top. It's just natural behavior. We're not going to scroll down 10 pages of search results and then choose to start there. We're looking for social proof. We're looking for feedback, um, especially if we're new to an area or exploring maybe something that we're not, you know, intimately familiar with, you know, there's, there's this need to, to rely on that, that weighted opinion you know, of, of those around us. And so I think businesses today have to understand how powerful a tool technology is in influencing those things that it does make a difference. And you, you have to show up to your point. Only two of those results were claimed by, you know, daycare providers, daycare providers, you know, are hopefully incredibly wonderful people nurturing children and, and helping them grow and be healthy and, you know, mental physically and, you know, bringing happiness into their lives and hopefully making parents lives a little easier in the process. But the, that is, they have to also understand where parents are now engaging, how yeah. they're making decisions, how they're wanting to have access for uh, great examples. My son gets checked into school <laughs> I get a notification. I get pictures of his day. Yes. Um, I didn't ask for that, but it's, they, they recognize that as a, as a parent, that, that has value to me. You know, it, it adds a layer of, of trust, of safety, of connection to what's happening with my son throughout his day. That's, that's incredibly valuable. Yeah. That's digital hospitality right there. Yeah. I mean, I, 
I, they have an app called Brightwheel at the first daycare that we went to. And the technology was so good that like now we're recommending it to the daycare that we found through technology. But it's like when the technology is that good. And like you said, you didn't ask for it. But then once you get it, it creates that memorable moment of now I saw a picture of my son engaging in whatever arts and crafts that he was doing. But like I can see from that photo, from that time and place that I, as a parent, made a good decision that he's actually having a good time, you know, and that he was yeah. checked in by my wife when she said she was going to check him in. Like, you know, those are the things that when the technology works and the hospitality works, you realize, like, this is the game within the game. This are the things that are going to separate the companies that are going to succeed and the ones that won't succeed. It's the ones that it's back to what you said, the social proof, the sharing. I'm going to share what's compelling to me. Why did I buy a Peloton? I bought a Peloton because I saw six of my friends that I admire and care about post on their Instagram stories about their Peloton, not bragging about their Peloton, but just that they were riding in Paris or they were riding in Sydney. And my wife and I were talking about, you know, we don't have our gym membership more anymore. We're not like, I'm not going to my Muay Thai classes. I want to get healthy. Guess what? I go on Peloton site, mobile first site. Within 15 minutes, I bought a $2,200 bike. I mean, that's that's incredible. And now what am I doing? I'm posting about the Peloton and I have other people asking me, hey, should I buy a Peloton? I've literally become part of their sales force. Yeah. Right. You, you are commercial. <laughs> Yeah, well, <laughs> the, I mean, those the, that connection, though, like, I think this is something, you know, I spent a lot of my career with people talking about the business strategy side of, mm -hmm. of technology, right, of helping them think about their products. How do we connect a business plan to consumer needs and how does technology help you reinforce that? And it, it taps into to exactly what you're talking about there, because... You know, if I understand my how I can leverage technology and the power that it has, then it's part of my growth strategy. I guarantee the Peloton. I don't know them. I don't have any affiliation, but I do have friends, uh, you know, like you that that own them and they they rave about their experience. And if, if I'm Peloton, I guarantee I'm sitting there going. Our community is our sales force. They are essential to our growth strategy. They're essential to our sustainability. What else can we do to make their life easy? Right. Yeah. If if you're selling a product like that of convenience uh, to and to and with a high high touch experience, then that website better be easy to use. Yes. Right. Because if it's not easy to use on your phone, just like how you described, then you're actually not demonstrating that the product's going to be easy to use. I mean, all these things are linked. And I think people that are in hospitality understand these things innately. I mean, they're, they're, they've been talked about for forever, right? But I think when you're not coming from that background of service, you, you don't think like that a lot of times. And so understanding how these things interconnect and understanding what service is and how that creates those positive moments um, and how you can also... Um, by using technology, when you have a bad moment, you know, or a bad experience, how you can recover yeah. from that bad moment. Like those are things that kind of thinking that gets brought into the process becomes game changing. So, you know, you, you're leveraging the platforms, you're building a good business, and then you understand how you actually 
you know, build a, a thriving business or a thriving community. Um, you know, you've got to have great product and services. That's a given, but that's table stakes, no pun intended. Yes. You know, that's just like that. That's a given. Like if you don't right. have something of a value to offer, then you probably shouldn't be in business to begin with. But if you do, then set it up for success. Think about that total experience. Think about those enabling points. I mean, it's, it's just amazing to see organization transform when they do that. Yeah, I think that's, it's very powerful when you talk about, I mean, hospitality, it's something that it's, it's innate in who we are as restaurant owners, as new who hotel operators are. I mean, people that are in service, when you're in service, you think of the things that other people don't think of, but traditionally we've thought about those in the offline world. So in the offline world, it's how does somebody pull into our parking lot? What does the landscaping look like? Are the windows clean when they walk in? Is the music playing? Are the lights on? You know, is there a smile from the hostess? Like these are all parts of the steps of service that somebody that's fanatical about giving a five-star incredible memorable moment experience, building a community in their village. Like those are the things that we think about that keep us up at night. But what we haven't had to think about, I've had to think about because we wouldn't have been open otherwise was how do we do that digitally? All of the rooms in our restaurant, we would never open up the restaurant if they weren't ready for service, if there weren't painted, if there wasn't tables there, if there wasn't an ambiance there, if there wasn't a server in uniform there. But we have all these rooms for our business online, and yet a lot of them go unclaimed. A lot of them go ignored where somebody pops in on our Facebook page or they pop in and they respond to our email or they send a form request through the website and nobody treats them like they would when someone walks into their business. And I think that's the most exciting part is seeing leaders like you that are helping not just small businesses, but mid-sized businesses, even huge healthcare organizations understand that patients matter. Listen, I have two kids and I don't want to go deal with the bullshit of setting up an appointment, going down there, checking in, waiting in, you know, where other sick kids are. Can we make this a better experience for patient care? What are you guys doing in the healthcare space that's addressing hospitality in a digital way? So for us, that, I mean, um, that aspect has been a huge thing for Emerge over the last uh, almost 10 years, actually. And it's really transformed in the last year significantly. But one of the key things is, is helping hospitals connect with patients and understanding their needs. Right now, most hospital systems are designed in service of the provider, not of the patient. I mean, I think we can all relate to this in personal experience. And it, it sucks. It, it, it's just, it, you know, and then all of a sudden you, you're, you're moving through a process where like what other type of business is it okay where you show up for an appointment and they're anywhere between 20 minutes to an hour late and that's okay? Yeah. That's expected to be okay. Or that you don't know what your pricing is, quite honest. And, and you know, these are massive issues, but we can boil some a couple of things down to some really fundamentals. Like how many websites just help you find, I can find a doctor quickly that I need. So like, let's use the, the kid example. I can find a pediatrician quickly that's accepting patients that has, that's local to me and that maybe has a specialization or two that's important to your family. Yeah. Right. I mean, something that simple is not is is really hard to do. And so you go into these healthcare sites and it's like, okay, well, what are the things that patients need to feel heard? Right. We don't 
lot of us go to the doctor, hopefully, because we're just getting our checkups and our basics. But if we think about when you need healthcare uh, and you think about the hospitality of that, we're normally going to the a doctor because we don't feel good yeah. or we have a loved one that doesn't feel good. So how do you design an experience for somebody that's in pain or that's suffering or can't go to work? And is trying to overcome, you know, the, you know, what might have be a normal thing for you and I to get in the car and, and drive, you know, 15 minutes to get to the doctor might be an entire day activity for them because they've got to find daycare for one kid. They've got to take time off of work. They've got to get in that car. They don't feel good. Or maybe they've got a sick child. They've got to do that. Now they're waiting an hour. They've got to go deal with that, reconcile all their stuff. They were told they could fill out online, but half of the paperwork wasn't really available online. And then all of a sudden they get there and like they run some tests and now you got to sit there and wait for the test results because they don't want you to leave quite. It's like you've lost the day to something that was supposed to be scheduled. It was scheduled as a 30 minute appointment. Yes. That's a horrible fucking experience. Excuse my language. I don't know where no, no, no. This is behind. <laughs> behind. This is as real as it gets, but that you're getting exactly to the pain point. You're getting to the pain point of the thing that we all experience every single day that we go through our lives. That's why I'm as excited as I am. That's why you're as excited as you are because they're big fucking problems. Like let's put it like they're big fucking problems. Yeah. But technology, hospitality, people, leaders in the right positions. When we get down to the simplification of what are we talking about? What are we talking about? We're talking about giving a memorable experience to something that sucks. Like, why does this suck? Like this shouldn't suck. It doesn't have to. I mean, so both, both extremes, right? On the healthcare side, right? It's like, just simplify it for me. I need the, I need the most essential information and then take care of me. And yeah. care is not just about making you feel better or treating symptoms. Care, you know, from a you know a customer experience perspective, is make help guide me from when I get there all the way through the process, so I feel supported and what yes. I need. Right, no different than you know being greeted when you come into a restaurant. Right. Or how do you want to greet somebody virtually so you can extend that to the best of your ability, you know, in, in extending that human connection. And I think this is where, like, you know, I see a lot of restaurants or hotels really struggle is that, you know, it's like it's about room rates or it's about the menu. Mm-hmm. And those are important. That, that's essential information. You, you need to have that stuff. I get that. But help me understand what I'm getting with that room. Help me understand what I'm getting with that meal. You know, if one of my favorite restaurants here in Portland, I can go down there and I guarantee somebody from the kitchen is going to come out and every time and explain why that meal is special. Yes. I'm paying for that connection to my food. I'm the meal is great, but I expect the meal to be great. It's it's the fact that he came to your table and told you about the meal. That's that's why you go and tell your buddy or your buddy's wife. Like, that's why we go to this restaurant. We go to the restaurant because they care. Yeah. And, and to and to be fair, it's not a fancy restaurant. It's a Correct. family restaurant. And so Correct. him coming out is is that extension. He in that moment, the, the kitchen staff is saying, I've worked really hard to prepare this and I want to make sure we connect it instead of just sitting in the back and heating up food. You know, it's it's important to them. And so. You know, it's and it makes a big difference having that that little bit of a connection. I mean, I'm sure I've spent probably five to 10 X the amount in that restaurant that I otherwise would. Sure. 
and you've probably yeah. recommended it. Your wife's recommended it. I mean, that's that's how memorable businesses are made. And then now it's amplified because of the smartphone, because someone can take a picture and post on Instagram or they can write a Yelp review or they can you know, post it on Facebook. I mean, you name the amounts of ways that they can do it. And they will do it. I mean, that there's never been a time where customers have been more willing to give feedback to businesses to make them better. And I know a lot of business owners don't like to hear it. They don't like to hear the honest truth. And sometimes it's wrong, but you have to take it with a grain of salt. And if there's uh, something that's happened multiple times in multiple reviews, guess what? You might have a fucking problem with your service or your product. And maybe you should do a little bit of due diligence before you just throw throw the reviews out the window and say, no, we have great barbecue. You know, how can somebody say that our ribs are no good? We smoke them for six hours. And well, maybe something's wrong. And you know what? Frankly, Yelp in the beginning when we got those bad reviews, it was a hard pill to swallow because it's like looking in a mirror. When you look in a mirror, you go, well, am I really that fat? <laughs> like maybe I am that fat and maybe I should actually get the Peloton and start working out a little bit. <laughs> but that's the truth. You know, it's like yeah. there's truth in that. And once you address it and you move on, then you can embrace it for what it is and you can give hospitality in a way that most of the time in the old world, before there was all this technology, people would just have shitty ribs and they'd leave. They'd never come back. Mm -hmm. You would never have a chance to say, hey, I'm sorry. Can I make it yeah. up? Well, and I think, I mean, that goes back to that point of like service recovery, right? I mean, yeah. you have an opportunity to address that. I mean, that, that can be the most uh, incredible thing that you can do is somebody has says, you know, this, my meal wasn't right. Make it right. Show them that you cared about that. I mean, and I, I want to put this out there because I, I, I've, had this conversation with a lot of people around, well, that, does that mean I got to do refunds or it's cash back, or I got to give cash incentives for these things? It's like, no, you know, it's like, you know, it's like if you're in a low margin business and you're trying to, you know, protect a lot of people and build a community, that's fine. But you know what? A lot of people don't need cash incentives. They need, there's not, you know, yeah, they just need to be acknowledged and engaged. I mean, that's where experience can be just incredible because that experience and that acknowledgement, that, that time, that thoughtfulness that goes into how you, you know, provide service can be more powerful than any kind of monetary benefit. You know, it's, and it all obviously depends what kind of, you know, operation you're running and restaurant and who your customer is. But I just really want to encourage anybody who's listening is like, Think about what are the non-monetary ways that you can reward and engage people because they're, they're incredible and people are willing to, you know, there is value, right. To that review, there is real value to that feedback, good or bad. If you can embrace people in the right way, um, it, you know, it can be amazing. Now, I want to talk to you about uh, Danny Meyer. He's one of my idols, uh, somebody that's a, a mentor that I haven't met, but um, the great uh, restaurateur, uh, Union Square um, Hospitality Group, as well as uh, Shake Shack. He has enlightened hospitality. So setting the table is one of the ground groundbreaking books in the in the restaurant space, hospitality space about taking care of your people first, essentially flipping the the profit model upside down where typically you're taking care of shareholders first. Um, you talk about alignment and you talk about taking care of the people that are running your business. Can you can you tell us why alignment's important and why um, getting people to buy into to a vision is important? 
Yeah. So, I mean, I think alignment is literally the number one most important thing that businesses need to be focused on to be successful. Um, that's a big statement, but I'll explain why I say that is. So when we look at alignment for the work that we do, we're looking at four levels. How does an individual, how do you align them to the business? How do they know that how their work, their effort, their time and contribution is making a difference? And what is that difference? That clarity is incredibly powerful and empowering. It takes somebody who's, you know, you know, working minimum wage frontline to really understand how important their job is, you know, and it takes somebody, you know, in a senior executive office and it tells them how important their job is. And then when you bring those people together into a team and they're aligned to the organization and how to service customers and what they need to accomplish, that's incredibly empowering. Now you're just multiplying performance and that you have people that are excelling because they're working with a shared vision. Yes. Not just a vision, but a shared vision, meaning they all think of it the same way and they all understand in the same terms why it's important. And then what you have is you have organizational alignment. How does an organization organize all of its resources and its capabilities around those teams and those individuals to serve customers. And then you have alignment with the market. And that's, you know, where we talk about market fit or being connected to the needs of customers. So that alignment through to through is one of the critical skills that you see some of the most wildly successful uh, companies in the last 30 years adopting. It's shifting from command and control, old industrial mentality thinking to servant leadership. How do I get everybody on board? How do I respect the humanity and honor the contribution of every single person in this organization? Because they're not here without a, for, um, without a reason. And so if I empower them, I'm creating the future leaders and managers in my company. I'm creating the best possible experience as I go forward. And so when we look at that, we're asking people to be problem solvers, right? If you have a, 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 you know, somebody who's serving a table and they've, you know, they can tell the table's not happy, empower them to start to solve the problem. Yeah. You know, and they can do that because they're aligned. They understand what's at stake to do that, why it's important to, to you know, to look at service recovery. In the digital space, it, it's, you know, the these things that we're working with are so complex and they're usually, whether it's a product or part of a much bigger ecosystem, you know, where you've got Yelp and Facebook and your online presence and, you know, all of these things, keeping those things in alignment become more and more critical. You know, if you really want to get that amplification effect, you really want to drive and be more successful, that that alignment just becomes mission critical. So I've spent the last 20 years of uh, my career, you know, living in the trenches, figuring that out in the last two years, working with leaders all around the world to bring that, that you know, um, insight forward because, you know, the people that I work with or that I have had a chance to meet over the years, some of my own mentors, you can see they're living and breathing and it's, it's a huge component of their success. Now I see that you're um, a technology advisor for the Bill and Melinda Gates foundation. Mm -hmm. Can you tell me how that came to be? So several years ago, uh, they started a group called the technology uh, partner network 
And uh, we ended up doing some work for the Gates Foundation, uh, helping with some of their programs. And uh, through that process, uh, I was invited, along with uh, some other people involved in the project, to become a part of that network. Um, and the, the idea behind that network is to provide resources to those who are trying to make a positive impact around the world and make sure that they have technology resources and expertise to link up. That's absolutely incredible. If anybody hasn't seen Inside Bill's Brain on Netflix, I can't recommend that series enough. It uh, talks a lot about the the foundation, the work that Bill and Melinda are doing um, beyond for somebody that doesn't need to be doing any work, the impact of what they're trying to do and um, create to make this world a better place. Um, it truly is inspirational. Um, what, what do you want your legacy to be? You know, I think if my biggest legacy at this point is I want to help people understand uh, how to build alignment within their organizations so that they can deliver great products. I think the my biggest frustration in my career is seeing so many great ideas and great people um, not fulfill their potential and uh, or have see their businesses or their products fail altogether. And I think that the, in a lot of cases, that's unnecessary. And so um, building alignment building really good strategy and understanding what strategy is for a business and for a product is, is really hard work. Um, but I think it's the most important work that, uh, any business can be doing right now and it will help, you know, them thrive. So for me, my legacy is adding a tool, uh, to the world that can help people fulfill that. And when, uh, when are you guys relaunching the podcast, the mobile first podcast? Well, the mobile first one is sunset for good, but we're actually uh, right now. Yeah, but we are in talks talks of actually uh, launching a new podcast ourselves that will be focused on not just uh, mobile first and technology, but also the broader topic of alignment and bringing in different a different level and different types of industry leaders. Um, So we're we're pretty excited for that. Um, And that'll be in 2021. Hosting that podcast? That one I will be hosting. Yeah. Look at that. I love it. When when can we expect that? When can we subscribe? Uh, let's uh, say middle of 2021. Middle Get the book out first. <laughs> first quarter of 2021. You heard you heard it. That's that's going to be the launch. Well, uh, Jonathan, I I can't thank you enough. Um, Digital hospitality connected us two together. Um, I'm a huge fan of you and what you're doing, uh, what your company's doing. I'm sure there's going to be opportunities for us to do some cool stuff into the future. Um, you're an inspiration. Um, thank you for your leadership. Thank you for taking the time to share your stories. Um, where can people find you? Uh, so best place uh, to get in touch is to go to our website at emergeinteractive.com. Uh, if people are looking to develop a digital product or service, they can sign up for a free consultation right there off of the website. Um, and then also I would suggest uh, finding me on LinkedIn. Um, I post uh, a lot of great content uh, that is a resource, uh, resources that are free to anybody um, on there um, every week. And uh, it's a great place uh, to stay connected. Awesome. Well, thank you for your time. Uh, as, as always, stay curious, get involved and ask for help. And we will catch you guys next week. Thank you, Sean.